0: We're going to continue the letter 11 of the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten you with understanding. So we started the letter. The letter starts with the two words, which is to enlighten you with understanding. And we have explained that although the letter starts out with these two words, these two words actually contain the whole entire letter. And while it may look like these two words are just two simple words to enlighten with understanding, in fact, they are the depth. And the consciousness, the depth, and the soul of the entire letter. They, are, they encapsulate, they hold the whole entire letter. Now we have to understand that there's a vast amount of swarim that the Balatanya wrote. And the Tzammah Tzedek spent 35,000 hours compiling from these swarim, and he made the safer known L'chuti Torah and Torah Ur, which is the Torah Shabal Pav And in those my marim explains at length that there's something called Chachma and there's something called Bina. There's something called my knowledge, my eyesight, my, what I see and then what I understand. There's how I see something with my mind's eye, And then there's the way I understand it, the way I comprehend the details. And when he says the words to enlighten one understanding, what he really means to say is, I want to give you eyesight, I want to give you to be able to see the general idea and I want you also to be able to hold on to the details. Which that is a paradox, that is something that's very, very hard to have. Now there's the first part of this letter, which is the words, khabina, to enlighten with understanding. Somebody who could see something with his eyes, with his mind's eye, see the general concept, and at the same time that he sees the general concept, hold on to the details. That is one of the hardest things in this world to do. To see something in general, right? Imagine you're witnessing a major view with hundreds of buildings and a, and a sea and mountains and then there's somebody sitting right near you and he's blind. And now you have to describe to him what you see. You see glorious mountains <coughs> and river and sea. and When well, you have to try to explain to him what you see, you have to go through all the details. So there's an enormous complexity when you have to try to give over to a person what you're witnessing, how could you give it over to someone who's blind, someone who cannot see it? You have to go detail by detail. Now that's a metaphor in where you're teaching somebody else, but what about for yourself? When you see all the grand, when you see the grand idea, this grand concept, this grand vision, can you yourself hold on to the details? Can you yourself, comprehend, internalize, witness, see, can you really see the details or you're seeing just the generality? And this is a very, very deep concept. It demands tremendous meditation because this is what he's really saying, when he says, I want to enlighten you with understanding. The paradox of life is that we are not enlightened with understanding, that we cannot marry our chokhmah and our bina. we cannot marry what we understand, what we hear inside the details with the general concept. We cannot live, we don't live our life in alignment. We get a concept by the sheer, and then the rest of the day is fragmentation. The rest of the day, even I know it's true, I become reactive. I cannot incorporate this knowledge that I have into the details. So, a tzaddik, somebody who is enlightened, an enlightened person, what does he have? He's enlightened with understanding. His chokhmah and his bina are together. The details of his life are permeated with the general concept of his understanding. The general idea that he sees with his mind's eye. And this is a very, very deep concept because this is the beginning of enlightenment. So we have started this letter with the Balatanya starts and he says that the purpose of this letter is to enlighten you in understanding. It's to radically change the way you think about everything. And the person asked the Balatanya, why am I suffering? Why am I going through tremendous pain? Because either a loved one was sick, or he lost money, or he himself was sick. We do not know because he doesn't tell the person the details, because he actually goes entirely into something different. And we have already started the letter, where the person writing the question is saying, I'm suffering, I have pain. And the Balatanya says, I want to enlighten you with understanding, and I want to tell you that. This is not the way. Which way? The letter that you wrote to me, complaining about your suffering. This is not the way where the light of God will dwell within you by desiring a life of flesh, children, and sustenance. This is not the way. And this is where we are holding. And we have been going deep into this idea that in order to understand the depth and the clarity, and the visual transformation that happens in your life when, that, when you relate to what Al alt is saying over here, because it seems very remote, it seems very out of my spectrum of consciousness. It's something that I can't hold on to. We are going very into, deep into this and saying that what Al alt is referring to over here is a radical new idea that he reveals in chapter 36 in Tanya. And we are spending so much time on this because this is not just chapter 36 in Tanya, not only chapter 34 in Tanya, but as we discussed, this is 30% of the whole entire Tanya is contained within this letter. In fact, the whole Shara HaYichud the whole portal, the whole gate to unity and belief, the second part of Tanya is known as Shara HaYichud Ve'Sha'ar where over there, the Balatanya goes into a depth to explain to you that the world is being created from nothing to something every single moment. The depth of that, in fact, the only place where he explains how to internalize those mental concepts, those concepts that are very deep, Kabbalistic concepts, the only place that he talks about it in the whole entire Tanya to internalize it, to make it real in your life is this letter. And we are explaining that this is not only the secret to life, but it's the secret to marriage. Because in essence, the Balatanya explains that life is marriage. It is a marriage between you and God. And you, look, you use your own marriage to see your marriage between you and God. You, your wife, and God. And you use your marriage with God to understand what type of marriage you should have with you and your wife. And therefore, we are understanding that the Alter Rebbe is telling you in order to become enlightened, in order order to know how to deal with pain, in order to know how to deal with suffering, you need to understand the essence of marriage. Mm -hmm. And we are explaining that the essence of marriage is that on the day of a person's chuppah, the day of a person's wedding, everything that happens leads up to the moment of the chuppah. And at the moment of the chuppah, something fascinating happens. A person discovers his own soulmate. And the discovery takes one second. The discovery is a moment in time. And it's a moment when your eyes are closed, when usually you're crying. And there's tremendous tension in the ear. Because everything, even subconsciously, even you're not aware of it, even though everyone experiences the khuppah differently, in that moment you realize that your soulmate is standing beside you. And you and your soulmate is one. And you're praying deeply that you should have a loving life. And right after that moment where you discover you and the other person are inseparable... Right after that moment, the khup is over, and now the wedding begins. Now the celebration of life begins. And we are explaining that that story is not your own story, but that is the story that happens Matan Tayra. We are going to be celebrating Matan Tayra soon. One of the most mysterious holidays, which is Matan Tayra. We don't understand what means Matan Tayra. And we are explaining that the Balatanya teaches that in chapter 36 and Tanya, he teaches that a Matan Torah, what was revealed was that inside your body, you have something known as a You have a part of you that's God. And the reason why, the reason why you are put into this world is to have a marriage with God. Is that you, and God should become one. But the way it works is, your khalik alikah was put into a body. And because it was put into a body, you have a sense of self, you have a sense of separateness. You have a sense of ego. There's an ego inside every single person. And that ego comes from the body. The body it is a, creates a sense of selfishness, a sense of self. Now during Matan Torah, parcha What happened parcha nishmasa? Parcha nishmasa means the souls almost expired. Why did the souls almost expire? Because we realized the true core, the true identity of a Jew. The true identity of a Jew is that your soul and God is one. And we explained that by Kriyas Yamsuf, you had, a wit, you had a glimpse into heaven, a glimpse into your soul. But when they discovered the infinity of their soul during Matut when they discovered the infinity of their soul when God came down into this world, and they were able to discover the source of their soul, which is God, they didn't want to exist anymore. You can't exist in that space. Where is there room for selfishness? Where is the room even for a sense of self? And in a certain sense, every person has this on some miniature level during his khuppah. During a person's chuppah, there's a profound sense of selflessness. And if this proper meditation, a person does tremendous tshuva, and he's forgiven for all of his sins, Because the unity that happens during a person's chuppah, the unity that's supposed to happen during a person's chuppah, is a transcendence of self. But it's a moment in time, it's a discovery that me and my spouse are one. So mat and is the discovery that us and the ebersher are one. The whole entire world ceased to be. Whatever you, whatever a person heard, you hear about God, you hear about your soul, you hear about things. You cannot see them because we see physicality. But during Matata, the exact opposite happened. You saw God like you see the sea that covers the seabed. You saw God. And you couldn't even hear that there's a world, you couldn't even hear the bodies, you couldn't even hear anything that was in this world. So what you usually hear about in the svarim, what you usually hear about, right, I hear about your feelings, I hear about your concepts. Could you hold on to the concepts? Could, anybody, could any of us hold on to this enlightenment? Can I hold on, right? There's a life inside of me. My life fills my mind with with concepts, with tremendous theories. Right? We're having enlightenment. We're changing from these concepts. Can I hold on to these concepts? No, because I could only hear them. They can infuse me. They can inspire. But can I hold on to them? No. I could hold on to money. I could hold on to coffee. I could hold on to this table. I could hold on to you. But can I hold on to the concepts? No, because there's a part of me that I can't hold on to. It's infinite. It's inside me. I could only hear about spirituality, I could only hear about life. I can't hold on to it. So during Martin Töder, they saw the infinity of inside their soul, and whatever you see with your eyes, which is the things you could hold on to, your coffee, your, your bodies, your table, that they only heard about. There was no there's no sense when you close your eyes and you're standing near your spouse, you don't see any yourself. You just know you're standing near your other half and you're becoming one with that person. What do I you mean you're becoming? You're discovering that really you're one. What stops you from seeing that you're one? Seeing yourself and seeing the other person. That stops you from seeing you one. But really at the core, you're really one. But your eyes are closed, and the colors covered over, and you don't see the person. Because you see their totality, but through your eyes being closed. Matan <speaking in> Torah, <Spanish> that was that same thing. Every single day during Krishma, we experience our Chuppah again. We experience the divine revelation of Matan Torah itself again. We close our eyes by Shema Yisrael Hashem al and we all proclaim the same exact thing that we discovered at Matan Torah, which is there is no world. Which is from Matan Torah until today, every single Jew, the essence of the whole entire Yiddishkeit. It doesn't matter. If you know Kola Torah Kula, if you have a bias Mali Svarim, if you had every single thing full of the Torah, you always know that the declaration of a Jew is one thing. I'm married to God. There is no world. How do I say Shema? By closing my eyes. Because by closing my eyes, I discover the infinity with inner space, the inside, what's really truly true inside me. And no matter what I see outside, inside I really know. There is no world. Could I discover that when, when I'm witnessing the world? I could only discover that when I close my eyes. When I go deep inside. Because that is the truth. The holy Rujanah, when he was six years old, he came to the Rujanah, he came to the Balatanya, with his mother, he was very little, and he asked the Balatanya this question. He said, How can we save via after we say shema? And the Chassidim, standing there were listening to this question, they were smiling. What is a six-year-old asking? And the Balatanya answered them, the way we do it is because in between we say Baruch Shein. And the Chassidim smiled even more. And the Balatanya said, you think he asked a simple question and I gave a simple answer, but actually this is a giant. This is an enlightened person. He asked an entirely different question and I gave an entirely different answer. He asked this question, if we say, Shema yisrael Hashem Hashem if we discover that there's only unity, there's only God in this world, there's nothing else but Him, then how could I save you after? Who am I to love? How could I love God? <coughs> Where are you? Where are you in this picture? You're married to God? You, you're one with God? Where are, if you're one with God, if there's nothing else but God, who are you to love? And of this, the Balatanya answered him, that's why when you open up your eyes, you are saying baruch shame, you are understanding that the idea of this marriage is that there should be a sense of separateness. We cannot see God, and therefore, we can, do, we can become one with God. We have a sense of self, and that sense of self is the heart, the love that we have, and we can give that to Him. The whole thing that you bring to the table is your feelings, your sense of self. Now, what are you going to do with that self? Are you going to idolize it? Are you going to hold on to it? Are you going to live with the sense of self? are you gonna give that self? That's what you could give. Because the marriage only happens because there's a sense of self. And that's the discovery that we have by a wedding. And that's the root of all misconception of life. The root of all addiction, the root of all pain, the root of all suffering, is the discovery of self. What am I meant to do with self? I got married now, I realized that me and my spouse are one, And then why do we start drifting apart in the first week, the first month, the first year? What happens over here? The root of it is a misunderstanding of what is my mind and what is my heart. What am I supposed to do with this heart that I have, this heart that has so much love? Am I supposed to live with the outside of my heart? Which is, how much food you could make for me? How many compliments you could give me? How you could give me a sense of self? How you could complete me? Or with the fear of losing that? Which when I lose that, I start to live. Because when I lose what you could give me, then I see what I could give you, which is from my inner core of my heart, which is unlimited. But what will I get a return? That's ego. But if I could give you, and keep on giving you, whether you give me or not. That is the essence of life. Because via hafta, when we say in Shema, via hafta, when we say via hafta after Baruch Shem, it's the ability for me to give, to become a partner with you, to become one with you, to create the ring of love. The ring of love has no stop. But the sense of self that you bring to the table, the sense of who I am separate, that we one soul in two different bodies. The sense of self, the body that separates us, is your portal. It's, your ki- it's the kingdom where you make your stand. It's the ability for you to become one. It's your diversity that allows you to have this unity. It's the recognition that there's such a sense of self that allows you to go beyond yourself. But we become a completely unaware aware of it because our sense of self takes over. But the whole point of the self is to allow you to transcend the self. The whole purpose of the feelings is to give the feelings, not to hold on to them. So a person looks at his heart and he says, my heart is a heart where over there could be contained love, over there could be contained passion, over there in my heart, you know what a heart this person has, you know know what's in that heart, over there is feelings, over there is passion, over there is all these things. Now a person says to himself. How do I know that enlightened love, enlightened heart is the real way? Maybe, what I'm learning over here, I'm gonna lose my whole identity, I'm gonna lose my whole life. And over here you see the difference between a dead heart and a live heart. A heart in pain and a heart full of vibrancy. What does life mean? Yishkun Oyrashem, the light of God should dwell in the heart. A person who's all about himself, what could he get out of his marriage what does the, such a person's heart look like? The whole entire day, he wants to use the other person to show how great he is. The whole entire day, he wants compliments. Do you not see what I'm doing for you? What type of heart is it? How is his heart pumping blood? You see, everyone's heart pumps blood. But the question is, is the light of his soul pumping through his heart? Is the light of his soul pumping through his heart? Is now a person's heart wants to hold on, I want to hold on to it. But if you hold on to it, is it alive, is it pumping? Is it continuous, is there a flow? Or is this complaint, or is there pain, or is there suffering? So you understand, it's the sense of self, it's the holding on to something which actually deprives the oxygen of the heart. The heart wants to give and constantly give, and be in a state of constant giving. No complaints, no weakness, no heart attacks, no, no dullness. You want to see a person, a person says, What do you mean? I need to take some coffee now. I need to have some energy. I don't feel I'm not feeling it that I don't feel. All of this is ego, all of this is the sense of self. But if you just allow your heart to be what it is, it's fully alive. So your heart it pumps blood. But then what is what is your heart for? Your heart is for to love. With your heart, your heart has tremendous feelings. But if you're going to try to get How much could you get? How much could you hold on to? Before it overflows, before there's problems. So the root of life is, the root of marriage, the root of all of this is, that every part of my body should be fully alive. My mind should be fully alive. With enlightenment. My heart should be fully alive. My body should be fully alive. But can it be fully alive if you hold on to it? So it's the mere will, the mere desire for a person to hold on to the light, to hold on to a sense of self that's the problem, the root of all the problems. But in fact, if a person goes into marriage and he realizes that the only reason he's marrying is for love, and love is a continuous ring, you give unconditional love to your spouse without looking for nothing in return, because that is the purpose, to give love to my spouse, to be able to love someone. And what am I gonna get in return? Absolutely nothing, because it's the ability for your heart to be able to give love. And if you get back love, then you just continue the cycle because that love alone is the purpose. That life, blood alone in your body is the purpose. And the wanting to hold on to that is the root of all suffering. And if you look at anybody who was ever in love, any tzaddik, any person who loved every single moment of life, you will see there was no holding on to. And that is the essence of what he's telling you in this parak. That is the essence where he starts out, which we're going to go into deeper, where he starts to say that if you want your own selfishness in marriage, then you misunderstood what, you've, what you discovered at the chuppah. And you have to recalibrate your system. And there's 613 ways. There's so many different ways that you could love your spouse. There's so many different ways that you could connect with the ebishter. And that's Torah mitzvahs. And these Torah mitzvahs is gonna light up your soul. It's gonna keep a continuous flow of energy in your mind, like we're learning now, we're becoming enlightened, which we usually we think our life is our business, our success, our logo. And that's killing us, that's depriving us, that's attaching us, that's holding us here. Or we can be fully alive with enlightenment to realize the meaning of my life. And the same thing with my heart. Either I could be all about myself, what can I get out of, how much money God's gonna give me, how much He's gonna give me, or I could realize that I'm here for a divine mission. To get into the infinity of my heart, the infinity of my soul, which is what I could give, not what I could get. And that's the highest state of living, to get into, involved with the core of my heart, which is what we discovered in Matan Torah, which is Yishkun Hashem. So ultimately speaking, a person has to tap in deep into this idea of what he discovered in Matan Torah, which is the gift of life is the gift of what I could give, not what I could get. And when a person is in a state of constant giving, then he has discovered his mission of his life, he's discovered Yishkun Hashem. And he's, he, he, his, the light of his consciousness is constantly a af- flame and a blaze in his body.